it's a really nice opportunity to be able to start like this, actually. Um, and if we think about where we've been, so we've looked at that phrase, as I said already, discipleship has become who Jesus would be if he was you. We've looked at our identity of understanding who we are, the complexity of as we go down the layers of our personalities and our identity. It gets more and more complex the deeper down we go. But we begin to see, actually, if God is if God is involved in all aspects and all layers of our life, from the core all the way through uh, everything that's made us who we are, if God is invited into that, then the opportunity that, that he can be evident in our lives is, is completely changed. But obviously the key factor in that, that phrase and that statement is, um, is acknowledging who Jesus would be if he was us. It's about Jesus as well. So it's not just about, well, this is who you are. Um, so, so you're fine as you are um, but if Jesus was in your body with your skills and abilities what would life look like actually we can begin to then look at it and go actually moving forward there's an emphasis on me to understand a bit more about Jesus and understand who he was what made him um, so unique and, uh, and amazing as a person um, and I think we can understand that we're unique, we've got our own skills and abilities, but, but the question, I suppose, that we're left with, having looked at our own identity, is are we fine just as we are, or is there any room for improvement? And the reality is, of course there's room for improvement, we can all be better, we can all develop and, uh, and grow. Um, but, but when we then look at it, and say, actually, if we're going to look at Jesus... Um, what can we understand and learn from the character of Jesus that can begin to transform who we are? Uh, and that's, I suppose, where we're going to go for the next five weeks. We're going to look at five different um, topics around Jesus' character. And we've looked a few things, a few traits in together that are similar, um, um, because otherwise it might feel a little bit repetitive. So I think if we can kind of lump the similar things in together... And, and each time begin to look at, okay, how did Jesus show this? Um, and how can I begin to take this stuff on uh, and allow it to shape who I am? I'm just going to quickly run through what the five different sessions are uh, and give you a little kind of background. Uh, so feel free to chip in if you've got anything to add. Um, so, so the first thing we're going to look at, there's, there's nothing special about the order. It's not like identity where we looked at layers and, and they all fit together. These are just five random blocks of Jesus' character. Uh, so the first one we want to look at is this whole idea that when we look at the person of Jesus, what we see is uh, gentle, kind and compassionate. That as a person, that's often what, what we would notice and acknowledge about him as a personality. And we're thinking about stuff like his approach and his attitude towards people. And often that's what um, surprises me and not not necessarily surprises me just um, makes me kind of leap inside or, or makes me excited when I look at the way Jesus operates with people that's often the thing I look at and go I want to be a bit more like that if I could just treat people with the way that Jesus did um, it'd be quite amazing so it's thinking about how did he sit alongside people who were struggling who were caught up in a mess the default the default, especially sometimes in our country, is we take quite a lot of delight in seeing people suffer and struggle, especially if they've climbed to a height. 
And then the idea that they can succeed, watching them kind of fall from grace is probably, if for some people, more satisfying than seeing people reach the summit in the first place. Um, whereas when we look at the person of Jesus, he had this amazing ability of being able to sit, not, not in a superior position where he was lording anything over people who were suffering or struggling. He properly sat alongside them and almost sat down in the dirt and the mess and would sit with them so they didn't feel like they were on their own. And, and I think the key thing for me about his personality was that he was non-judgmental in his approach. Uh, and the, the story we'll look at next week, which is, is quite rapidly becoming one of my favourite stories about Jesus, is the way he deals with the woman who's caught in the act of adultery. So this woman, by the law of the land, is wrong. Everything that she's done is wrong. And the people in the town, all they're doing, by, by picking up stones to stone her, is exacting the punishment that the law says she deserves for the thing that she's done wrong. Has she done something wrong? Yeah, she has. But how does Jesus then throw this curveball in to say, I'm, I'm going to give alternative perspectives here that don't say that she's, that she's done nothing wrong, but make you all think differently about the scenario. And that is an unbelievably powerful way to respond to suffering and mistakes and, um, and challenges that people are going through by deciding that we're not just going to join in with the crowd and victimise someone who has made a mistake, but Jesus was the kind of person who would sit with them. He sits with her until the crowd have all dispersed and then has a little chat with her at the end. And I just love the fact that at no point was she left on her own and he, he defended her. He never said, oh, no, she's innocent, she's not done anything wrong, but he stood with her as a character, and, and when I look at that, I think that's that describes everything that I would want to be for other people. Um, I'm not there yet, but I know that, that admitting that we're all a work in progress makes me excited about where this could go. So we can see that in his in his character, his personality, that he's gentle, kind, and compassionate. I need to be careful not to do too much explaining, otherwise we won't have anything to talk about when we get to the actual week. Um, so, uh, second one is, uh, when we look at Jesus, we see that he was humble and servant-hearted. Um, humility is, um, is, I suppose, one of the things that epitomised Jesus. He was never, um, he, was ne- he could never be described as the greatest showman. Um, as someone who would be, who would, we can look at stories and say crowds gathered to see him because they wanted to hear what he had to say and people were astonished by his miracles. But his tactic was never, hey guys, disciples, get some flyers, let's get the word out there, we're going to be on the streets, we're going to be doing some healing, uh, then I'm going to give a word um, and then just hoping that, that God will turn up and we're just going to see, see this amazing event happen. He was never interested in whipping up a frenzy. The crowds would gather just because words would spread that he was in town. And actually, when you look at him, you know he was humble and that he epitomised humility because he would often, his reaction to crowds would often be very much to, to withdraw and pull away rather than clamour for the attention and the, uh, the, the plaudits and the accolades that come with lots of people wanting to listen. And the most amazing one for me is when you look at his healings, is that he would default to a position of 
often saying to people, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone what's just happened. So I'm looking at it thinking, what can we learn from Jesus models this thing of not needing people to know what he did, even though it, we, we often sit there in our limited thinking now and go, but if people just knew, that, so if Jesus came back now, everyone would believe in him. Well, it's not true because people were healed by Jesus and still chose not to follow him. <laughs> Look at it again. So we sometimes lull ourselves into this false sense of security that all people need to see is just this one miracle or just have a glimpse of Jesus and then they'll get it. And even people who saw him in the flesh still didn't decide to follow him. Now, actually, we want to show him. We want, to, we want people to experience him. We want him to encounter him. We want people to be changed by that. And they can be and they will be, I believe. But it's, it's not as simple. And, and Jesus knew that and wanted people to, to encounter a, a greater depth. Um, and the other thing about that, this, the servant-hearted side, we, we look at that story where Jesus washes the feet of his, his disciples. We'll, we'll unpick that story a bit more when we get to that week. Um, but that was, that was like honour flipped on its head. And even nowadays, I think we still get caught up in this trap of thinking honour is a one-directional thing where we just honour leaders. Um, I, I, I look at Jesus' model and go, he completely changed that whole model and said this isn't about honouring um, your leaders all the time. This is about becoming a servant. And, and he's described, and it, one of his greatest titles is the servant king and um, it kind of challenges the whole hierarchy of society and culture that we've been so used to because uh, he humbled himself became a became a servant and um, which if we want to be like jesus that's the, a clear indication of what's required so gentle kind and compassionate uh, humble and servant-hearted uh, the next week we're going to look at um loving and forgiving um, and obviously we talk about God, God is love, and um, sometimes there's some big questions to look at, uh, and it often depends on our experience. So what does love actually look like? Um, in the person of Jesus, what did, look like, uh, what did love look like? Is it as simple as doing nice things for other people? Is it about keeping everyone happy? Because often that's what we default to doing. Our default kind of thought on love is to do that kind of thing. Is love actually sometimes telling the truth, as painful as that might be? Is it standing for what is right in certain situations because you know that someone's got to step in and say the difficult thing and you do that because you love someone? And those things, those things are difficult. Um, but as we look at the life of Jesus, we can begin to see that love isn't just as simple as, well, I, because I love people, I just want everyone to be happy. Sometimes love has to look a bit different in order for there to be a greater outcome. And obviously, Jesus' life is defined by um, his greatest act of love, which is dying on the cross. And, and that then opens up this whole discussion of forgiveness. And, and we want to look that week at the benefit of forgiving, not just um, being forgiven, but us forgiving other people and, and that kind of stuff. And the difference that that can make to our lives. Uh, the uh, week four is um, uh, patient and self-controlled. As we look at the person of Jesus, we would describe him as patient 
and self-controlled. Uh, he was a man of resilience and patience. Uh, he would stick to the task, he would persevere, he wouldn't be wavered in those kind of things. You look at the story of after he's baptised, he goes into the uh, wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and is constantly uh, bothered and pestered and tempted by the devil. And we can see that's a man of perseverance, resilience and patience. Um, and, and I suppose we can see in his life the importance of self-control. Um, and, and we see through that stuff, once we begin to look at if we can master self-control and do it well, um, that it begins to make a difference to us. So we can see from so many different stories in, in Jesus' life that he shows that kind of stuff. And I suppose where we want to get to with that is if we're learning from the person of Jesus is to begin to understand the importance of self-control, uh, the difference that that makes to us and also the difference it can make to other people if we can master self-control and do it well. Um, but one of the challenges is uh, waiting can be really tough um, and can be one of the most um, soul-destroying things at times when you have to learn to wait for something. You have to be... Um, patient. It can be a real challenge to to um, decide to be patient with scenarios. Sometimes our perspective just doesn't allow us to see um, beyond what we think is the best outcome. Um, but what we do know is that we can find God uh, in the waiting. We've been singing that song recently, um, uh, and it's got that line: that "He's in, He's in the waiting." And actually, if we can, if we can master and develop self-control and patience we can begin to find God uh, is so there for us sat with us in that waiting period and that can transform the way we feel about those moments of limbo um, which if we're honest is inevitable for us in life at, at some point you know from from watching people with their own kids if you just give a child everything that they want immediately you're just going to you're just going to grow probably quite a spoiled <laughs> Um, unappreciative child over the years because they've never understood the, the value of patience and how things change, um, thoughts change, feelings change. Uh, sometimes what we think will be the best thing might not be the best thing. And, and actually teaching them stuff in the waiting is really important. So we're going to look at um, how we can find God in those moments and how it can change how we move forward. And then the final week is talking about how Jesus was um, a man who was prayerful and committed. That he was someone who valued connection um, and especially his relationship with God. He modelled it throughout his entire life. Um, and I suppose what was what's great about looking at his example is his default position was always to invite God into the situation. And we often talk about how if we could just get to this stage where God is included in all areas of our lives and we're allowing him to, to shape and influence what's going on. This is, this is our kind of dream scenario where we could get to if, if God was helping us with everything. Jesus modelled that. And when we look at his life, we can see what it looks like in every scenario. So um, Jesus' Jesus's life wasn't a sequence of planned events that he was deciding he'd now go and show God's uh, his his itinerary now so he's now going to do this for this person he just found himself in situations and did what god was calling him to do it's not about oh well i need to be missional today so i'm going to go and, and find my missional opportunities and go and do mission 
and then I'll feel like I've done what God's called me to do. His life just completely um, kind of showed what it looks like to be influenced by God at all avenues and all opportunities. Uh, and I suppose that's what we see when we look at him being prayerful. So he's someone who valued conversation, connection, relationship with God and that dialogue with him and invited him into that stuff. And I suppose commitment um, is is really apparent and obvious in those kind of uh, encounters with God because he wasn't um, devaluing uh, connection and relationship. He saw that it was probably his lifeblood, that being able to talk to God, being able to connect with him, being able to be uh, shaped and inspired by him uh, was the thing that, that sustained him every single day. Um, and we can see that, that if, if we can be people who are always willing to listen, uh, to learn and to grow, then the opportunity of where we can go as individuals is, is completely transformed. So Jesus' character and values, when we look at them, those five different things... Um, we can see that those values and those characteristics are completely transferable for every single human being. They're things that we could all take on board and begin to grow and develop in our lives. And when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is active and involved in our lives, we can see that a lot of these things are fruit that begins to grow in us as a result of being um, connected to connected to God and allowing that relationship to grow the fruit that begins to grow and and flourish in us are those kind of things and I suppose the question is then what would it look like for us to be more like Jesus in those ways so what would it look like for us to be more gentle kind and compassionate in our lives what would it look like if we were more humble and servant-hearted um, how could we be more loving and forgiving um, patient and self-controlled um, and what about if we were more prayerful and committed to that connection with God if you can look at your own lives and, and begin to ask those questions then I'm sure each of us can identify certain parts that go I could be better at that bit or if I was if I could nail that bit I know that I would be more effective or or I would be um, happier or more content whatever it might be um, and, and I think there'll be different things for all of us. There'll be some things that are a strength for some of us and others that are a real challenge. And my hope is that as we go through those different weeks, there'll be different, um, there'll be different uh, characteristics that crop up that really um, resonate with us to the areas that we can really develop and work on. So when we look at the end goal of the person that we would like to be, we think about becoming more like Jesus if he was us. Um, if we look at the end goal of who we would like to be, we can look at it now, putting ourselves in that position and say it all seems worth it. But the reality is the journey of getting there sometimes seems quite daunting and we'll often need to battle to, to persevere in that process of development. Sometimes we can look at, I know there's elements of my character I can work on, um, but I know that it's a bit painful. I remember when we used to do Alpha, and we'd often get people coming on, and after about three weeks, we'd hit this point where you could tell that people weren't negative about the course or what we were looking at or the experience that they had. They'd often be really quite gushing in how much they enjoyed it and how valuable they saw it and how interesting they were finding the whole process. The difficulty for people was often 
I can sense that me going on this journey now and listening to this stuff and being prodded about these different things in my life, I know where it's going to go. And I know who I could be at the end. But the journey is a bit, the, the idea of doing that journey is a bit daunting. And actually, I know that it's going to require me to change. And a lot of people would hit this point, probably about three weeks in, where they'd just go, I think this is brilliant, and I know in the future this is what I need to do, but just for now, I'm not ready to change. And that's, that is such a challenge, and we need to be honest, that in most of us, there are those evidence where we, we know the end goal of how great we could be, but sometimes being committed and persevering with the process of saying, I'm, I'm prepared to... to work on some of these things and this isn't a case of we'll get this nailed in five weeks this is like with the identity series we're opening up a topic that i'm hoping we'll think about and ponder and wonder for the foreseeable future and, and keep working on it and the same with with this as we begin to look at this stuff what could it look like if we were to get there but that's a that's a commitment that's long term uh, and it can seem like a lot of hard work, and maybe the question of can I even be bothered will enter our heads at various points. But the fact is, what we do know is it's always worth it. It's always worth being dedicated to say, actually, if I can be better, if I can be more like Jesus, um, and, and be who Jesus would be if he was me, then there's a sense, really, that that's what we're called to do. It's the essence and. And when we connect with God and start a relationship with God, he loves us just as we are, but, but he is dedicated to seeing us flourish and become everything that he intended us to be. So he's committed to that journey. And the question for us is, is are we, do we want to be that person who makes the impact that God wants us to make? And are we going to dig in and, and actually um, work on some of those things? and begin to see what God can do with us. Uh, and I suppose for us here, what we're dedicated to is is walking that journey with people, not just over a five-week series, um, but over... That's our commitment when we sat down and decided to do this. We want to see people... We, want to, we don't want to just see converts. We want to see people who, um, who become disciples uh, and, and people who over time will begin to resemble who Jesus would be, or more of who Jesus would be, um, if he was in their shoes. So um, that's where we're hoping to go. Hopefully that makes sense.